0: Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi everyone, welcome to Unchained, your no-hype resource for all things crypto. I'm your host, Laura Shin. If you've been enjoying Unchained, pop into iTunes to give us a top reading or review. That helps other listeners find the show.
1: SunExchange is a solar power marketplace for the crypto economy. SunExchange members all over the world are earning cryptocurrency for helping to deliver solar power generation to businesses and communities in emerging markets. Visit SunExchange.com to start earning solar powered money today. Asset managers, ICO issuers, and other
2: institutional players, it's time to safeguard your cryptocurrency. Partner with Digital Asset Custody Company, or DAC. Purpose built for secure, flexible, institutional quality cold storage solutions. Learn more at digitalassetcustody.com. Smart contracts are on the rise,
3: and that trend will only continue. Security has become an absolute necessity, and Quantstamp is the standard for smart contract security for the blockchain. With a team of security experts dedicated to defeating the bad actors, Quantstamp is the gold standard for safer, more reliable smart contracts. Find out more at quantstamp.com.
0: My guests today are Roham Garagoslu, CEO of Dapper Labs, the company behind CryptoKitties, and Benny Yang, Dapper Labs head of Asia. Welcome, Roham and Benny.
4: Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Laura.
0: Roham, let's start with you. Your original company, Axiom Zen, which is the company that started CryptoKitties, has been around since before the crypto craze. What does Axiom Zen do? Axiom
4: Zen is a venture studio. So I started the company uh, about six years ago with my brother, and the focus was building companies based on uh, emerging technology. And and really, we realized that when, when the platform shifts happen, when new technology comes around, Developers, designers, sort of individual, a small group of folks working at a startup have a very outsized uh, impact on shaping the perception of that technology and on impacting society's basically acceptance of it. And CryptoKitties is a perfect example with blockchain. Um, So in the past six years, we've built um, four different companies, two venture funded, two profitable, and most kind of circling around the the new platform shifts that have been going on. So AI, uh, machine learning, and uh, now blockchain.
0: Wow. I really like the insight that you mentioned about how a small group of people will shape these emerging technologies. I hadn't thought of it that way before. Benny, how did the company get into the crypto space?
5: Yeah. So it's been, as Roham said, it's been a very interesting journey. Um, I think that we started off with the Money 2020 hackathon and some of the team members were kind of dabbling in, in that area of at least digital uh, virtual currency. And not only that, um, as Rohan would probably mention, C- our CTO Dieter, uh, he kind of mined Bitcoin very early on. And he's been a big fan of this space for a long time. So all of us kind of started getting very, very interested in the cryptocurrency space, especially around Ethereum and around smart contracts, really. And so that kind of spurred our interest into actually experimenting with smart contracts. And CryptoKitties was one of those experiments.
0: And how did you come up with the idea for CryptoKitties? So being
5: from Axiom Zen, it's a venture studio. So we kind of, we had this place called The Jungle. And in The Jungle, we actually had a lot of plants in there. And Mac, who is our chief creative officer, and Dieter was in there, and Fabiano, our smart contract developer, And a few of other developers and designers were in this jungle, and the premise of the jungle was to pump out experiments uh, on a weekly basis. Some of it could be AR experiments with the new AR kit, and some of it was, you know, the early genetic simulations of CryptoKitties. But I think the origins of the idea kind of came from our interest in crypto collectibles. We saw kind of the early stages of the spells of Genesis, the rare Pepes, and the cryptopunks and we we're really inspired by it because i think it was one of the first projects that were putting art onto the blockchain and it was talking about is creating a dialogue around collectibles and what does it mean to have scarcity and collectibles on the blockchain and for us we kind of like you know cats kind of are the internet of the they're the memes of the internet and they're the logos of many internet companies and so we kind of asked ourselves a silly question really Why couldn't we put cats onto the blockchain? And so that's kind of the originations of the idea.
0: So obviously CryptoKitties has been pretty popular. It's even entered mainstream consciousness, which not a lot of crypto projects can claim. So for listeners who don't know, uh, why don't you guys tell us what CryptoKitties is, how it works, what people can do with it, uh, just in case there are any people out there who are still unaware.
5: Yeah, so CryptoKitties is the world's first and the world's biggest blockchain game. Essentially, it's breedable adorable digital cats that are on the blockchain and the way that people play with this game is they could adopt cats that are available on the web and soon very soon actually on mobile and they could sell these cats in the marketplace or the really cool thing is these cats have genetics. So Just like humans, they have dominant and recessive traits. And you could kind of think about it in a way where maybe your grandparents, uh, in this funny situation where they have purple hair, I don't know, and when you have your son or your daughter or your grandson, that the purple hair kind of emerges. And in a similar way, these cats have genetics in them and dominant and recessive traits. And when you breed them together in the right combinations, uh, new genes emerge. And the really cool thing about this game is that when you get the right genetic combination, you get to unlock uh, newer and, and really cool cats that we call fancy cats. So kind of that's the, br- the premise of CryptoKitties.
0: And and what is a fancy cat? It just means like a kind of higher priced cat because it has more unique and rare features?
5: Yeah, fancy cat is a unique image. So for example, fortune cat or the vampire Dracula cat is a fancy cat. And they look different from these other cats that have maybe purple spots and yellow fur. And essentially, it's a genetic combination or a genetic puzzle that combines to create a fancy cat. And the cool thing about fancy cats is that there is a scarcity, there's scarcity with them. So some of them have, you know, the maximum amount uh, that could be issued from the smart contract is 88 of them. Uh, and there couldn't be any more. And so fancy cats are just as that. They, they're much more fancier and it's a very prized collectible to have in any kind of CryptoKitties player.
4: So basically, um, users can essentially breed towards cats that, that of their own design. And, and one user put it really well. He, they said, we buy the paint from you guys, and then we make the art. Um, and these are, these are cats that sort of, like Benny was saying, stack different genetic traits. And you can, you can basically design uh, and, and breed towards a, a kitty of the appearance you want, with the color you want, the features you want, so on and so forth. Um, and then through the, throughout the genome, there are these hidden limited edition custom art cats that where we created the art for them. um, And they're, they're all limited edition sort of uh, uh, on the, on the blockchain as uh, Benny was saying. And so that's the folks can breed towards them and discover them. What's really cool though, is, you know, the, 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 because the breeding game is, is reasonably complex. um, We've had a whole series of uh, tools and products be, be built on top of CryptoKitties, so, the first series of tools were things like kitty calc and, and spreadsheets and sort of breeding predictors and tools to help users uh, decide how, how best to breed towards the cat they want. Um, and, and there was a second series of tools that is around accessorizing your cat. You can buy hats for your kitties. You can buy art from Dada NYC and give it to your kitties. And, but, but now you have a whole series of more kind of casual play games that are being developed, um, folks like Kitty Races kitty battles, card collectible card games you have tinder for cats you can uh, pull your cat and give it a personality and sort of treat it as a uh, a, a social avatar um, and that's that's sort of the rich ecosystem that's coming around the kitties as assets and so you no longer have to you know play one game you can actually hold on to your cat and and play the kinds of games that you want to play almost like a uh, sort of the cat being a um, uh, entry ticket into a theme park. And and the rides being owned and operated by different entrepreneurs, uh, building on top of you know this open, uh, permissionless sort of API interface. That's that's essentially our smart contracts.
0: So I want to understand these other games, but before we go into that, I actually also want to understand. So people are trying to breed the kind of cats that they want, but that probably costs money, right? I you know, obviously know that a lot of people have been making money from CryptoKitties. Like Benny in a previous conversation mentioned to me that there's somebody who makes a living from CryptoKitties. I read another one of your team members mentioning that somebody made a million dollars trading CryptoKitties. So how do people make money with CryptoKitties?
4: Essentially, because CryptoKitties is a decentralized game, we've we've decentralized aspects of running the economy. So, so there are folks that come in, Breed towards the cats they want, but there are others that come in and just buy the cats that they want. And and the way that the folks that are making a lot of money, they're kind of predicting um, what are the highest value um, uh, traits. So when a new trait emerges, they they buy the Gen Gen zero cat. They breed some. Um, uh, they breed towards the, uh, the the sort of higher level traits, and then they put those back on the marketplace so that the kind of the collector archetype. Comes in and finds the cats they want and purchases them, rather than doing the work of of uh, breeding towards them.
0: Oh wow, uh, it's like flipping a house.
4: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, bu- bu- build and flipping or or uh, something. <laughs>
0: um. Okay. So then, so then I want to know more about these other games that you mentioned, like Kitty Cal and the spreadsheets and the racing and the hats. What are just maybe give me a fuller description of what some of these how some of these work?
4: Sure. So I mean, I think taking a step back, one thing that we uh, when when building CryptoKitties, we're sort of trying to bake in all of the values that we saw in decentralization and, and trying to think what is native about blockchain. And so how does a game look like on the blockchain? Now, of course, one of the decisions we made that was maybe controversial was we put all of our game mechanics, um, into smart contracts such that, you know, all of the breeding happens on chain, the cats are born on chain. And that's actually what led to a lot of the congestion on, on the Ethereum network. Um, but we wanted to do that because we said, well, this, the transparency and the immutability, what it really means to consumers is fairness. And, and the fact that, you know, they, they know their cats are, are never going to be taken away from them and the rules are never going to change. What we what we did kind of, we consciously realized at the time, but didn't um, realize how big of an impact it would have, how quickly, was that all of those same values apply to developers as well. As in, platform risk is one of the most insidious killers of, of startups um, in the past few decades as, as, you know, the platforms have gotten more and more powerful. and And by kind of putting our smart contracts out in the open, Um, we basically removed platform risk from everyone that's building on top of them. So if you build a racing game that uses our genetics as a component in its game design, uh, you know that we can't change those. And so you're building on solid ground. And so there's a lot of the – whether it's the calculators, um, the accessorization games, or or the actual sort of full gameplay stuff, the reason that they're building on top of this platform, or, or rather these assets as a platform, is they know that no matter what happens, uh, in fact, if we go away, that's probably a bigger opportunity for them than if we stick around. So they're they're tapping into our community, and uh, and that gives that basically gives more value to uh, the individual consumers. Um, so the games that are being developed are really early right now, and what we're doing through we've essentially created this program called the Kittyverse, and and what we're doing is we're uh, bringing all these folks, putting them in a the Discord channel. Um, And and starting to both provide mentorship, connect them to our game designers, our our, uh, engineers, and help them um, build sort of build their games into full scale uh, experiences. So you have several collectible card games where people, each each of their cats sort of give them different strengths and, and defense and all these things. And so people collect cats almost like a card deck. Um, you have racing games that are more like, you know, you, you, you take your cat, you take your racing, it, it, it's genetics, um, uh, are, are essentially a factor in how well it does. Um, but then there are also games where the cat is learning new things by going from one smart contract to another, almost like going to racing school or going to, uh, to, to dojo school and kind of packing on skills and then coming back to, to the main, main smart contract. So, there's, there's, um, basically anything you can imagine. Um, one of my favorites is a, is a project that lets users import their cats, um, and then essentially make the, make sort of a Facebook profile, but with the cat instead of themselves and, and give it a personality and start talking to other users, cats. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, you know, it's, it is a small group of people. I don't want to, um, uh, you know, over, overstate it, but that's what we care about. You know, we care about, the group of folks that are in there not to, you know, speculate or, or, you know, buy and flip and, and make a lot of money, but to, to sort of play the game. And if they need to, you know, the, the cool thing about blockchain games is you can play it and you can actually, you can make money, but, but we want folks that are um, crazy about the kitties. So we've had, you know, folks get tattoos of cats. We've had folks make wood carvings and custom dolls and sell them on Reddit and, and, and in our discord um, we have folks that are uh, making kind of fan art you know little, little kids are, are drawing things uh, drawing pictures of their parents cats and and uh, and folks are posting them to Twitter so that's the kind of community that we've we've been trying to build over the last few months as everything else in the crypto space is sort of both crashing and burning and maybe sort of trying to look for the next quick fix um, and <laughs> I, and that's what we're excited about
0: I, I don't know if I'd call it crash and burn I guess I would say cooling off. But I love what you just described. I, honestly, so many ideas popped into my head as you were speaking, what you were describing about the breeding and the racing. I was reminded of my favorite book, Seabiscuit, which everybody should read if you haven't read. It's It's by, I think, the world's best writer, Laura Hillenbrand. She's just a master. But obviously in that book, it's about this popular racehorse in the 1930s and how it was so popular that it generated more headlines than literally Franklin Delano Roosevelt or Hitler or like anybody else. And it was in the year in uh, 1938. But, you know, obviously people were really into horse racing and when you were describing the cat races, I was like, oh, if people really get into the genetics of this the way that they did with the horses and and still do today, then you could end up with a little betting culture around the cats. And just from what you described also, it just felt like people were sort of using them as avatars. And I know that worlds like second life have really taken off. So I could see just a ton of different ways that this could become a different thing in many different directions. So I, I found it really interesting. I do know that before you launched, you had a goal of creating a consumer friendly blockchain app. What? So what were your expectations for CryptoKitties before you went live? Like, Do you remember? Did you expect it to take off? Or were you kind of thinking like, oh, this is neat, but we're not sure if it'll gain traction? What were your thoughts right before you launched it?
5: I still remember um, before we launched, one of the things that we created was this spreadsheet and we passed it around where we would kind of estimate, you know, okay, by month three, by month six, by month nine, how many expected users would we be hoping to reach? And, you know, I would say that we never expected, we never fully expected that the entire world would be so fascinated by, cats onto the blockchain. So that was kind of like in the early days of we were speculative and, and kind of figuring out um, where, how big can this grow? How big can this experiment grow?
0: Do you remember what you were projecting and what the actual numbers ended up being?
5: Yeah, the, I, I don't think we've looked at that spreadsheet since we've started. I think w- within a week or less the numbers went way past like the, the six-month goal. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah So I I mean I would have to dig it up, but we we were quite conservative. At least some team oh, wow. members were and then some were quite aggressive.
0: So you didn't expect it to take off?
5: Not as wild as it as it did.
0: Okay. And so what were those initial days like? How did you feel at the time? And what do you remember happening where you were just like, oh my god, I can't believe this?
4: When we started out with CryptoKitties, we certainly um our, our, our ambitions were uh, were more about uh, demonstrating the possibilities, but by the time benny and and uh, the rest of the team got back from eth Waterloo, uh, we knew we were sitting on something that was that was very very interesting i mean our entire office was completely addicted uh the the Eath Waterloo test went really well. there was really no u i to the game, but everybody was just having fun uh with with uh, with with the uh, mechanic itself which 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 tells you tells you you 're sitting on something something valuable. Um, but at that time, you know, we expected average cat prices to be, uh, to be, it, I guess it's sort of a multiple of how much it costs to create the cats in the sense it's the values being, being baked in, but you know, gas fees were uh, cents for, for breeding cats and uh, transferring them was, was uh, super cheap, super quick. Uh, but very quickly after launch um, we, we and, and, and still to this day, it, the game has become much more expensive um, and so I, I would say, you know, we knew we had something that was, uh, that was exciting and interesting. Um, we, we didn't anticipate the level of speculation that would enter the market, um, you know, December, January of, of last year. Uh, but, but it was, um, it, it was clear that the, the, by, by October it was clear we had something cool on our hands.
0: And Benny, just, I want to hear your response, like. You know, what were those first few days like? And it, was that the time when your title was Fortune Cat?
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there, as Rohan outlined, there's different timelines, right? There's this timeline where CryptoKitties was in the jungle and the incubation period. Uh, there was a lot of genetic simulation that was being run that allowed us to get to the 256-bit genome. That allows for an upper limit of 4 billion variations in the genetics. And so... That was the time period before we went and shipped an alpha version for Ethereum, ETH Waterloo, which is one of the world's first Ethereum hackathons. And as Rohan alluded to, at the hackathon, uh, it caught on fire. Uh, we, I remember that we bought a bunch of Pokemon cards and slapped on CryptoKitty stickers on the back of it. And we did a lot of guerrilla marketing there. And that was the first time we actually met Vitalik in person and, we made a custom T-shirt for him that was a cat with a unicorn. Uh, we knew that he kind of liked this style. Uh, he has this collection of T-shirts, and so uh, that was kind of our one of our first exposures to some of the projects that are very well known now, like such as Ben and Mask and Parody, and uh, a lot a lot of projects now that are grown uh, in a, in a very big way, and so. At that hackathon, yes, there was a lot of people who started playing with it. People actually kind of stopped. It was a hackathon, right? So uh, people actually stopped hacking uh, to play CryptoKitties and they just ca- came to our table to kind of like ask questions about, Hey, like, how does this work? How do you breathe? And that actually brought up a, a very interesting perspective. Um, we had a lot of people who are in, are in this hackathon to learn and they haven't actually interacted with The blockchain at all they haven't signed a transaction they haven't adjusted the GUI for gas they don't even know what gas is and throughout the whole hackathon we were sitting there basically educating quite a lot of people about here this is how you sign the transaction here's how it will work of course all of this was on testnet uh, and so, when we came back from that, uh, we already had a, a few thousand people who you know spread to the community who had signed up for the actual launch and we knew at that point that we we had a really strong following and a lot of people were interested in what we were going to do next
0: and so when you did launch like what was that like, and do you remember what some of your kind of crazy oh my God, I can't believe this is happening moments were?
5: So when we launched, I remember that we had this timeline of launching before Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, uh, because we thought that people are still at work and uh that they would they would see the email and would be willing to kind of play crypto keys or, or, or test it out. And what had happened is that at that same time we were doing smart contract audit. And Nick Johnson and a few others from the Ethereum Foundation found a very serious bug of which we decided to delay the entire launch for a few days to fix this bug. And I think that was probably one of the best decisions we've made as a team, as a company, as a whole. And we actually then launched it on American Thanksgiving. That's when we sent out the email to the community that we gathered from Eve Waterloo. And that kind of worked in our favor in a very a very odd way because everybody went home to their families. And I didn't think that they would go home and talk about Bitcoin and Ether, Ethereum. And the third topic, I think, at, di- at the dinner time was CryptoKitties because they received the email and they started to teach their moms and dads, their uncles and aunts, uh, while they're all home and, and uh, having uh, turkey. So... That kind of became the, the central topic uh, around the initial launch, and then it just started picking up steam slowly, but slowly. And not only that, we, we had June from Quartz, and now he's back at Coindesk, who kind of, um, we've been talking for a while, and uh, I remember that when, when I was contacting you, Laura, I was telling you about, we're putting Castle on the blockchain, it's super exciting. And uh, you were just like, I don't know about this. I think a lot of people no, had you know, a I was too busy. reaction.
0: I had <laughs> okay. something else on my, I had a huge project I was working on. I couldn't, I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't even look into, it. I had like no time.
5: Okay. But anyway. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And so essentially, yeah, we, we were able to get into the courts and into TechCrunch. And a lot of people then started getting very interested in, in, you know, uh, what is CryptoKitties? I also think that it's like a, an overall sentiment in the community. There were kind of three overarching uh, headlines that were consuming the crypto space, and this is these headlines also kind of flooded into the tech space as well. It was the price of Bitcoin. It, it was the the hacks and scams that were happening, and then the ICOs. Right? There's just so many ICOs that were happening. Yeah. I think a lot of people kind of felt that they wanted to see a tangible. Product. They wanted to see a team ship something that they could interact with and not do an ICO, which, you know, of course, we didn't do an ICO. We just shipped the product as we do with any of the startups that we build in here. And we focused a lot on user experience. So we have probably one of the best teams to build the best user experiences, both in the enterprise world, but in the B2B world and even on the consumer side. So we, we have the best team centered around it to build CryptoKitties and make it super polished and easy to play with. And that flow included kind of like the, the flow that is really well known now in, in the industry, which is Coin, Coinbase to CryptoKitties to MetaMask. And then that's how you play a, a HTML5 uh, blockchain game. And now all of the blockchain games are using that flow. Uh, it kind of established a standard, but as Roham has alluded to, uh, that flow is not good enough. It's still kind of like a 10-step process, and it uh, really leaks a ton of users uh, at every single stage. So it's not very ideal. It was ideal uh, eight months ago when we launched, but it's not ideal anymore if we want to grow as, as an industry and to bring on onboard more consumers to the blockchain.
0: Yeah, I agree. We're going to turn back to this question about user experience, but um before we do this little ad break, I actually want to ask you guys a couple of really quick questions. So at this point, how many users have signed up for Crypto Kitties? Or how many people own a cat?
4: Um I believe there are 68,000 uh people that own a cat. Uh, ben, Benny may have more updated numbers than that.
0: Okay. And are they who are they de- demographically like by age and gender and geography like where are they located are they mostly americans or
4: it's mostly north america and we we don't collect tons of we don't collect much demographic information on our users uh somewhat for for obvious reasons but the the what anecdotally the my the a lot a lot of the players are actually crypto curious folks that were introduced so so some of my favorite stories are folks like uh, it's folks that say, hey, listen, I've been crazy about crypto, but my boyfriend never got it. And now he has uh, a, a series of cats or my girlfriend never got it. And, and, and now she's into it and she understands why it's important. Um, so a lot of our current users are folks that identify more as gamers than as crypto people. Um, I think mm-hmm. that it's still mostly males, but but a much higher percentage of um, female players than than um, than in, in crypto more generally. Um, and But mostly in North America. And I think that's a... Missed opportunity for us in the sense that um, there's there's when we go to Asia and when we talk to folks that know about us, they, they go crazy. But um, there are not enough people that know about us. And that's one reason uh, Benny's in Shanghai um, and, uh, and and one reason we partnered up with HTC. And we're going to, you know, the next few months are all about sort of, you know, we've spent the last few months um, preparing for scale, making it easier for folks to understand the game, get into crypto Um, and, uh, and the next few months are going to be about expanding the doors, expanding the markets and, and trying to get to the crypto, uh, curious folks, because it's still incredibly hard to, uh, onboard into this world by yourself. So, so almost always you need someone to, 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 to help, but you know, our our interest is, is the, is the folks that have been left out by the conversation over the last few years. That's all about investment, all about risk-taking, um, about sort of you know hodling and uh, and and, uh, and and a very kind of financial first approach to um, what, what really is a conversation about uh, you know freedom and, and and sovereignty over your own data and uh, and and kind of being having a relationship of respect with the businesses that you that you work with uh, and and being treated fairly and uh, and 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 transparently. So that we're trying to change the conversation. We're trying to change the vocabulary. And, uh, and with that, it's a change in demographics. but at the same time, you know this the core are our are, are crypto uh, enthusiasts and, and and that's the um, those are the folks we need to be working with to, to expand the movement and, uh, and, and, and and bring others into the fold.
0: I love how you took a philosophical turn there because that's the turn that we will also take after the ad break. I'd like to take a quick break to tell you about our fabulous sponsors. Imagine this. You dedicate countless hours
3: of hard work to creating a smart contract, only to be hacked in mere minutes. If you think that can't happen, think again. We hear that $10 billion has been raised through smart contracts, but over $300 million of that has already been compromised. Hackers are hungry for more. So security is not just critical to your success, it's an absolute necessity. And that is where QuantStamp, the standard for smart contract security, comes in. With a team of security audit experts dedicating to defeating the bad guys, the Quant Stamp of Approval is your solution for safer smart contracts. Find out how we can be the gold standard for security at quantstamp.com.
1: SunExchange is a solar power marketplace for the crypto economy. Sun Exchange members all over the world are earning cryptocurrency while solar powering businesses and communities in emerging markets. Through this sunexchange.com for as little as $10 and in just a few clicks, you can purchase solar cells and lease them to projects in the world's sunniest regions, earning you an income stream of monetized sunshine paid in Bitcoin. Sun Exchange members can earn between 10 and 15% IRR, backed by the power of the sun. Founded in 2015, Sun Exchange is operating solar projects across Southern Africa, entirely powered by our members' solar cells. Our partners include Solarcoin, the United Nations Development Program, and the Energy Web Foundation. Visit www.thesunexchange.com to check terms and eligibility to join the crypto solar revolution. Start earning solar powered money today.
2: If you're an institution managing crypto assets, you need a secure custody solution. Digital Asset Custody Company, or DAC, is the leading purpose built institutional quality cryptocurrency custodian. DAC leads the industry in security and service. Experts in the tech, cybersecurity, and investment worlds, DAC's founders built the system that today's major players in asset management rely on. DAC is in production on over 90 tokens. Secure, efficient egress transactions. That's DAC. Custody with DAC. Visit Digital Asset Custody for more info.
0: I'm speaking with Roham Garagoslu and Benny Yang of CryptoKitties. Before we started recording, I was checking out transaction volume in CryptoKitties and at least recently it's only there was a twenty four hour period where it had only about three hundred users. The transactions totaled less than nine thousand dollars in twenty four hours. Um, I also looked at the site CryptoKitties sales and saw that all the most expensive cats had been sold in the first couple of weeks with like nearly all of those sales occurring literally in the first two weeks after the game launched, so do you ever picture kitties trading for such high prices again? Um, how do you plan to kind of like grow traction again and you know keep this going?
4: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And so, so for one thing, the three hundred uh, something users are um, those are unique users that have been hitting the smart contract. So that's not obviously. Folks that would visit the website do things that are off chain interact with other kittyverse experiences uh, you know drink coffee out of their crypto kitties mugs so, so on and so forth um, so that's that's one piece of it the other piece of it is I would say the the entire sort of decentralized app uh, and, and game market has followed the same uh, downtrend in activity in the in the uh, crypto world so you know th- that 300 users is still by far the most uh, active community in terms of transaction volume, in terms of even, even dollar spent. So there, there's, and, but, but really the most important fact is we have, we're actually happy that the players that are playing the game are not focused on uh, speculation. In fact, you know, we, what I said earlier is, you know, that the, despite the sort of public uh, perception or, and which we haven't really addressed there, there's a group of folks that are uh, that love the cats that are building products on top of the kitties, and and that's our current focus. Is saying, well, let's double down on these teams and and not only help them build more utility for these same tokens um, that'll attract different kinds of communities, um, but also try to understand the this core user base of of folks that are coming back day after day, uh, spending tons of money, and and also uh, kind of being very active in Discord, creating new channels, uh, going above and beyond, and even policing the, the community itself, that that kind of demonstrates what the point of a blockchain game is. It's not sort of Ponzi schemes, it's not gambling, it's not any sort of, though. that's just the cryptocurrency trading market, you can already get that um, by buying your favorite latest altcoin. What blockchain games are about is about community. And so we've been focused on uh, let's let's simplify things. Let's not focus on growth and, and look after this core community and understand what makes uh, a blockchain game different and special. And then we build on top of that. So that's where we feel like we've gotten at this point. Um, I think we we we've we have a lot of learnings, a lot of understandings about what are the values of decentralization. How can we explain the the why to a new user? And and those are the kinds of things we're building into. Um, a new onboarding flow, as as Benny is saying, and and first applying it to CryptoKitties and and sort of this universe of of apps we call the Kittyverse. Um, but then we want to work with all the best folks out there that are creating great content, and we don't see other game companies as competitors. We see them as partners, and we want to give them the, the the learnings that we've had. Um, because once once we do that, then we want to turn on the taps for for growth and bring in new communities. You know, with HTC. The, the uh, U12 phone is uh, one of the best phones on the market. It has, uh, I think, an installed base of, of almost 2 million e- even today. And, and the, uh, the, 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 the app is going to, the CryptoKitties app, uh, a new Android version of the product, um, is going to be uh, pre-installed on all those devices. Um, and and but more importantly, the, the, by giving more utility to the tokens, by deepening and having sort of a solid core of players rather than traders and speculators, that's how I think the flywheel is going to uh, start getting going again. And once the new wave of users come in and the old wave of users come back, um, it's really not about buying, selling, flipping. It's about going on a journey, designing your own cats, building things you love, and then being able to uh, paint them throughout the rest of your life. So you know, using crypto goods, you can order a mug, you can have an iPhone case with your kitty in it, you can take it. Uh, in various games, both from indie developers, we're working with some of the world's largest and and most respected gaming companies as well to build full scale experiences that are that that use these assets. So that's, I guess, the short version of of uh, some of, some of what the team is cooking.
0: I totally get that when you have a dedicated core fan base. Um, there's a famous entrepreneur who I'm just blanking on who it is who says that all you really need to get a business going is 1000 dedicated fans. But you know, that's not really the kind of thing that you can build a venture-backed business on where you're probably, I'm sure your investors, Andreessen Horowitz, Union Square Ventures, Digital Currency Group, and these uh, big uh, name people in the space like Fred Urson, the co-founder of Coinbase, who's a former gamer, Naval Ravikant, the co-founder of, or founder and CEO of, or former CEO of uh, AngelList, Bill Tai, uh, William Muguiar, all three of those, by the way, were people who were previously on the show, you know i don't imagine that they're that when they backed you guys with 12.85 million dollars that it was because they were like oh they've got 300 people that are still into this um, so do you know do you feel like you can grow something sustainable cuz i just wonder the past history with a lot of these games is that they take off and then they die down that's like the story of all of them right
4: well um Definitely games are a hit-driven business. What we are creating with CryptoKitties is a brand. And, and I think the key sort of, I guess, distinction with a blockchain game is that unlike a normal game, the assets and the mechanics are out there and they're getting better every day. So the game eight months ago was you buy a cat, you buy another cat, and then you breed them together, you create a new cat. The game today is is 100 different things you can do um, with – well. I guess today it's more like five, five or ten different things you can do. But with with the teams that are working on uh, new experiences, with the team that we've built um, over the past while, those same assets can be used and reused, um, and so the affinity that people build for the characters um, can persist throughout the um, throughout the the experience. So, uh, but I did want to make the point. I mean, the, the our our investors are very grateful. They're fantastic folks, and and I think all of them are uh we we chose to work with because they understand this is that we are actually very early in this platform shift and and our purpose as a company is to think long term and to build a a like you said a sustainable business um not necessarily um a a sort of chasing uh you know quarterly quarterly numbers and 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 whatnot so you know to 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 be clear the three hundred folks aren't um the only people using crypto kitties we have uh, thousands of daily users that come to the website, thousands of daily users that are active in our discord and the 300 purchases of cats on our smart contract, our users spending an average of uh, between 15 and $25 a day on, on their kitties. And that's, that's, that's unheard of in sort of the mobile game space and, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, the, the, the pre-in- pre-internet game. So there's, there's something very special here and, and, I mean, specifically when we were fundraising, you know, at that time, given our numbers, um, well, actually, we weren't fundraising. People were just coming to us, and and there were a lot of folks that were willing to give us capital at at, at frankly unreasonable terms. The reason we chose to work with Fred and Chris and and, and the folks you mentioned are it, is, is precisely what what I, what I said. I want I want folks that know what they're getting into and understand that you know this is a the, we're, we're we're extremely early. And even the public's perception of this, I think the vast majority of uh, companies out there are, are are misdirected. I think most founders don't even understand sort of their own space, much less how everything's going to click together. And so there's going to be a, uh, a dramatic uh, falling out. I think there'll be another downturn before the, the vision we have for a decentralized future is 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 really in the mainstream. And so so I, 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 I would hope. That none of those folks are sort of you know refreshing dap radar and seeing that hey even though we're, we're the biggest <laughs> you better
0: not <laughs>
4: <laughs> if you think that we're, we're still the biggest game and and there's there's just it's it's a it's it's we scratched the surface of what's possible with a blockchain experience we built something in a matter of months and and shipped it sort of at it in a very uh in, in a very like benny was saying uh, guerrilla manner and the whole purpose was we're starting a journey we're not finishing journey and and if you think about the evolution of how games are made you know 20 years ago uh you you would uh finish a game put it on a cd and ship it out to a retail store um with a mobile game you're essentially um running you know the this advent of live ops right where you ship a game and then a lot of the, the player experience is actually in the events you run the the, the, the campaigns you develop, the new content you add on a weekly or, or daily or monthly basis. And, and with blockchain games, it's, I think, a supercharged version of that where you you sort of create a theme park and then you invite others to, to contribute to it. The, the community itself can, can submit art uh, for kitty hats and they can design their own hats and then make money when people buy it. Um, in, in, in future games, you'll have the community uh, able to design levels, um, you'll have the community able to run uh, leagues for collectible card games, and and those are the little things we want to test in a microcosm um, and understand, and then scale up. Because building a scaled game is is incredibly challenging and takes t- takes time. Um, and so, yeah. so we're in the learning mode um, at the moment. And and don't forget the uh, the Ethereum network still can't handle uh, much more than uh, what what folks are throwing at it.
0: Yeah, actually, I want to discuss that in a second. But one, one more question before we move on from this topic: You guys recently, or well, actually, it was a few months ago. Ethereal auctioned off an exclusive kitty for one hundred forty thousand dollars. Do you think that that kitty was worth that amount?
4: Oh, absolutely! A uh, celestial hundred percent cyber so, dimension was a... okay. Uh, but
0: so, I want to ask you about that in the same, you know, context in which you were kind of deriding the speculators and saying that, you know, that's not necessarily activity that you welcome on your game.
4: So, so to be clear that $140,000 went to charity and, and it's, it's designed to support artists and sort of, it's designed to support artists and, uh, create kind of business models on, on, for digital artists specifically. So there there's, it was worth it because the, 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 the buyer was supporting a cause that he cared about and, and getting a, a thing that he valued in return. So he, um, all of his social profiles. I won't, won't disclose his name because obviously I don't have permission. But all of his social profiles have the cat as uh, as the as the avatar. He's he's proud of it, and he's a well known entrepreneur and investor in in, in the space. And but and like the- even
0: in in this kind of situation where everybody still can see, like you know, you can look at a at a copy on the web of what this looks like. You know, like maybe people don't own it, but. They can still see it anytime they want. It's not like a painting that you hold in your house, right? So, how does it have that value? What gives it that value? Why do you think it's? How do you think it's worth one hundred and forty thousand dollars?
5: Well, actually, we designed a custom hardware wallet to hold this exclusive kitty. Um, if you have seen the photos, the Celestial Cyber Dimension cat was actually loaded into this hardware wallet. Uh, and this kind of glass cube was displayed at the Christie's Auction House previously, uh, before it actually was at the Ethereal Summit for the auction. So in this case, it was, a, it was a very experimental thing that we did, kind of trying to see that, you know, these cats are digital, they do live on a website, and as you said, they could copy it, the photo, and you know do whatever they want to do with it. Um, but in this instance, as you said, like they can they can't physically hold it. Well, they they can physically hold it, uh, at least at the, in this instance.
4: No, I, I want to add on top of that, though. I mean, uh, Lori, I mean, you cover technology, so it's obviously a you're familiar with the saying that the future is already here; it's just not evenly distributed yet. And I think that the for for many people, what happens in the digital sphere. Is more real than ha- what happens in in the physical world, and you know you have a painting that's supposedly 400 years old, but you don't actually know uh, the the full story behind it. Whereas we're, we, or at least technologists, and certainly folks that work in the cryptocurrency world, can look at something on the blockchain and say, "Yep, that that is that is a thing that happened." And so so the the fact that that just forget about the art, forget about the physical device, the that token itself on the blockchain and the stories around it. Um, if you hold that token, it's, it's more verified that you own the real thing um, than if you have a painting of, of of whoever and whatever at your home. And so it, it's kind of I mean I think value is accorded uh, by different people differently, right and, and the perception of value is changing um, generationally, and certainly there are certain folks that that live uh, a little bit further in the future than than the most of us. Um, but every generation thinks in a more digital world, uh, every generation is looking uh, increasingly at a screen rather than um, in in sort of the 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 the, the quote unquote real world. Um, and and if you imagine kind of AR and VR technology improving at the pace it, it is, then then you know what what is what what is real? What is real? And and it, as long as you sort of uh, trust in the property rights of a a certain blockchain, it's it's a better a judge of. Uh, reality in the digital world than anything we've had previously um and and I mm. think that that's that, that's that's really the 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 point here I guess you know you can say well what's the point of bitcoin um it's just numbers and and can anyone fork it and there's bitcoin gold and there's bitcoin uh cash and, and and all these sort of things but you know it's the the power is in the collective story and, and agreement among uh humans that hey this version of truth is the truth that we agree to um, and and if if that and and for for now that version of truth is what's recorded on you know the Bitcoin the Ethereum um, and 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 maybe just just those two sort of uh, primary blockchains. Um, then what happens on those things? Uh, what tokens are traded? What things are purchased? What sort of stories are told? Are just as verif- just as um, real as uh, or, or maybe even more so as something you see with your own eyes? Which you know as as every 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 kid knows uh, can play tricks on you uh, Mm. rather easily
0: yeah i find that interesting i definitely agree that obviously we've seen these news stories about fakes in the art world so clearly that i think that can affect the value of an artwork to not be certain of its provenance But I do, by the same token, feel like handing down a physical object from generation to generation or through the decades, there's something much more difficult and therefore more valuable in that. But anyway, I I take your point. I I find it really interesting. So I want to go back to what you were saying before about... The user experience in crypto. I know that you guys had that goal of creating a good experience, a good user experience with a crypto project. And then uh, in a conversation I had with Benny prior to the show, he was mentioning that as you were working on this, you feel or you guys noticed that CryptoKitties kind of was ex- was exposing some of the problems that the crypto space has overall, you know, in trying to reach a mass audience. So, what would you say those problems are and how do you think they can be fixed?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, if we take a step back and zoom out from the entire user experience from somebody who may stumble on this podcast and become interested in, well, what is CryptoKitties? Let's check out the website all the way to getting the first CryptoKitty. That, that's a, a very huge jump because there's so many, you know, points, touch points where they firstly need to understand, you know, this is my money that I'm putting in here that converts to some digital money called Bitcoin or Ether. And then somehow this gets sent sent to uh, a Chrome extension that uh, is not readily used by many people. And that's going to be holding now my money. And then I get to play a game. (laughs) And not only that, through this process, I think if you were to map the emotions of uh, the person kind of going through this, it's ultimately skewing towards fear and frustration uh, and not knowing exactly what's happening. And, you know, soon, very soon after when people get excited about by looking at the cats and hearing about it, uh, they kind of come through this huge roadblock, right, where they find themselves extremely frustrated. And this is what we've seen, and not just um, from what we're saying, but from the data. We see that a lot of people just give up. Uh, halfway or even to the point where, oh, I need Coinbase, okay, I give up. Uh, Even though Coinbase is relatively easy to use compared to some of the exchange accounts that needs to have a selfie and a passport, like like KYC process, AML. So we see that that's a a significant blocker. And the other thing that we've also seen is around distribution. So right now, like, uh, well, up until quite recently, most of these mobile most of these games that are web- based, we couldn't use any user acquisition strategies that we're quite used to, uh, which means like basically digital ads. Uh, now that being said, uh, we can you know Facebook has just opened the doors again, uh, but they're really clamping down in terms of verifying these accounts and ensuring that they're legit and these projects aren't just ICO scams using Facebook ads. But, you know, distribution and discovery for uh, some some actually more amazing games or even for crypto CryptoKitties was very, very difficult. So in combination of those two elements, it's just extremely hard for more moms and dads or uncles to kind of want to experience the blockchain to get into it.
0: Yeah, I find something that's so interesting to me about what you said is that when you go to the CryptoKitties website, it looks so slick. You know, the kitties are really cute. Like the whole thing just seems like a really well-designed web experience. But then the user ends up bumping up against all this back-end stuff that normally users don't have to think about. So I find that really interesting and fascinating. It's like you, you know, approach this thing and it seems very 2018 and then when you're trying to use it, it feels like pre AOL. <laughs> well,
4: the bigger problem is there's no uh, there's no expression of the value. So when MetaMask is you know terrifying you by telling you to write down your seed words or or your children will be kidnapped, um, <laughs> it, it, it it doesn't actually tell you sort of what's the point, right? It doesn't tell you why why you're going f- jumping through these hoops and, and what's the value of. Uh, sort of being able to be self-sovereign over your or, over your money, it sort of assumes that by the time you come, you you already understand those things, and and so for 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 us, it's really kind of the, the that's representative friction because unless someone is already in the crypto world, their crypto is something that they read uh, headlines of and they shake their heads and they're kind of you know what's going on over there, and there's there's not a clear sort of expression of uh, beyond. Again, like like many was saying, fear of hey, your government will take the thing from you. Your your uh, your bank will uh, change the rules on you. There's no sort of expression of why do I, you know, for most consumers, they've lost more money than the their bank has stolen from them, right? Um, so right. so it's it's how, how do we how do we actually get users to feel the value and and, and understand that there's a point towards to, to jumping through all these hoops.
0: Yeah, I I I actually just want to go back to uh when Benny was describing how through the flow a lot of people probably uh would would um just not end up following through. Do you have any stats on the attrition due to this friction?
4: Um I think it's close to
0: 99%. Oh, really? So this could literally be like 100 times bigger, you think?
4: Correct. And, and the problem is like, even when you get in, it's, it's bad, right? Like when you submit a transaction, you don't know how long it's going to take. That's, that's odd. And we have to message that in the UI and sort of make it almost like a fun thing. Like, Hey, you don't know when your egg will hatch um, on, on top of that. When a network is slow, there's no indication that the network is slow other than, Hey, your, your price is somehow higher. And so we've put in a traffic light sort of symbol that, that says, oh, the network is congested. And so we're having to message all these things to to the user. And when I said, um, you know, we're preparing for scale, I, I, I didn't even mean from sort of a technology standpoint, although we're trying to have as much off-chain uh, interaction as possible now. Um, but I meant from a just, just trying to tell the story of, hey, what's going on um, behind the scenes here, and, and, and why is it important?
0: So you've been doing all this on the Ethereum blockchain, but obviously you're having all these issues with the scaling and everything. Are you guys looking at other blockchains?
4: So we are. I mean, we have. But the problem is that there's no real – there's no good alternative, frankly. You know, people people talk about EOS, but for us, the the thing that matters in blockchain is decentralization. That That's the whole point. And so in a sense, uh, a blockchain is a digital jurisdiction. And so we have to be comfortable as, as businesses in that jurisdiction with the laws, the, the, the community, the approach to changing those laws, the governance, so on and so forth. And Ethereum has um, proven that it, it, it gets a lot of those things right. Um, what, what we're trying to do with CryptoKitties in terms of preparing for scale is, is a with the core application, trying to move as much user interaction off chain as possible. So, yeah, you know, we have a collections feature. We have you know likes and 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 we're we're starting to build in more kind of a, a much deeper uh, sort of UI uh, g- traditional game experience that that uses the blockchain tokens without actually uh, moving them around. And then with the Kittyverse, we want to explore the different uh, scaling solutions. So in Kitty Battles is a good uh, candidate for something like state channels um, or, or or potentially plasma. Um, same thing with things like kitty races, um, kitty kitty hats. Much of it can be done off chain and then committed once back to the chain. So, so a lot of the time and app won't load on the blockchain. Um, so I think there's while the core breeding has to happen on the Ethereum blockchain, and 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 that in itself, you, you mentioned something which is the difficulty of passing something on makes it more valuable. And I think that that's a uh, that that's a curious thing, but it is true. Um, and so because the Ethereum blockchain is is because the cats uh, need to be born on chain, there's no way to actually use any of the um, scaling solutions in development to to simplify that. Um, that actually has, uh, in an odd way, will limit their number and and give, give them value as well. Um, and
0: as you're trying to kind of grow all this and do it on Ethereum, which of course has scaling issues, and you're saying that you're trying to kind of do more off-chain transactions, does that risk centralizing the game more since you've been talking about how kind of the purpose of the game was to build something that was decentralized?
4: The purpose of the game is to um, teach the values of decentralization. And so for me, for for us, I should say, we talk about this a fair amount. the The fact that you as the user, you have your token, we can't ever take it away from you. And that the core rules of the game are are completely transparent for everyone to see, and that they're immutable. Um, and we're we're uh, sort of working through the process of of once ip once we can put the art on IPFS. That means that if the game goes away, or or if we go away rather, if all of the centralized infrastructure disappears, um, anyone can put up a competing UI, or even at, as you know, right now someone can put up a competing UI, and uh, and essentially our community can very easily fork. Um, to, to alternative sort of uh, providers of the same service. And so all of the off-chain things we're building are, uh, are, are sort of the, the cherry on top, if you will. And so, so anybody, can, um, anybody can, can build that on top of the, the core token. And what that means for the user is, the, is, is choice, right? And freedom, as in if we ever end up being a bad actor, misusing their information, um, building in features they don't like, uh, complicating the interface, whatever it may be, um, there's there's always going to be alternatives available to them, and that's the point of decentralization. It's not that the actual code, all of the code, needs to be um, running on the public blockchain. It's that the the user has the ability um, and the freedom um, to, to 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 just simply take their business elsewhere, and, and what that does is it uh, narrows the sort of the the spread between price and marginal cost and and gives the value back to the user.
0: This is super interesting. And I actually also just want to circle back to when we were talking about the funding that you guys received. You also mentioned that you're exploring these different things like kitty races and stuff in order to test some of the more experimental technologies. Is that kind of like... Another layer of um, kind of, or another a second part of your mission with now Dapper Labs that you've spun off to, I guess, to do things with CryptoKitties, um, and why you got this funding from Andreessen and the other investors.
4: Well, the mission is to bring a billion people to the blockchain um, and to 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 really teach the values of decentralization in a way that people can feel and not not sort of be lectured at. And if we the the hoops we have to jump through in order to get there are 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 just that they're a means to an end. It's to sort of serving the consumer rather than saying, "Hey, we're a platform company" or "We're a we're a kind of scaling blockchains company." Um, I think there's so many smart people working on the various parts of the stack that we're we're trying to be as collaborative as possible. There's there's the L four team in Toronto working on state channels, and 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 you know the, the Ethereum Foundation obviously leading to charge with with sharding and, and whatnot. So um, we're trying to be collaborative as possible. And, uh, and you know, part of our frustration is that most of the developers in this space don't think consumer first, and they sort of want the technology to be almost aesthetically perfect rather than uh, functionally uh, useful. And so, <laughs> so it is a kind of uh, back and forth of, of hey, we need, we need this. And, and it's a lot of, well, why? And no, we want it to be this way. And and we're just like that's 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 not not the point. Um, so it's yeah. a little bit of a uh, interesting back and forth.
0: Yeah, if you haven't listened to. A more recent episode that I did with Melton Demirs and Jill Carlson. They were saying kind of the same thing and Jill had a really great comment. She was like, well, if it's developers all the way down, then, you know, it's not going to take off. (laughs) So, um, you guys should check that out. Both you, both you as well as uh, listeners who may not have listened to it. Well, this has been an incredibly fascinating discussion. Where can people learn more about you and your work?
4: Uh, so CryptoKitties.co is is where Co is where the folks can uh, can, can try the game. Um, and AxiomZen.co is where they can get to know our team and, uh, and maybe some of the background uh, behind the
5: company.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on the show.
5: Thanks for having us, Laura. Thanks. thanks, Laura. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about Roham and Benny and CryptoKitties, check out the show notes inside your podcast episode. New episodes of Unchained come out every Tuesday. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And if you're not yet subscribed to my other podcast, Unconfirmed, I highly recommend you check it out and subscribe now. Unchained is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Elaine Selby, Fractal Recording, Jenny Josephson, Rahul Singaretti, and Daniel Nuss. Thanks for listening.